You're listening to the Pine Mountain Outdoors podcast where we cover hunting and fishing right in the heart of the Appalachian Mountains. You'll hear stories and real talk from hunters and fishermen both past and present. Thanks for joining us and if you enjoy listening head on over to Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube and give Pine Mountain Outdoors a follow. And welcome back to the Pine Mountain Outdoors podcast. It's been a while. It's been a. It's been a long while. Yeah, we've. Uh, what I guess uh, it was before rifle season. Was that the last time we recorded one? Uh, I think we did a. Maybe did a pre-late season. We did a late season episode, and then it's just hard to do them when uh, when hunting season's going on. Yeah, I really stayed on the grind i talked about it a little bit on instagram but it was one of those things that like uh i especially late season i was kind of like pressing you know because i hadn't killed just that doe and uh, I, I hunted myself in the dirt for real it was uh but at the same time i kind of <clears throat> the last i guess what two weeks three weeks maybe I kind of, I kind of put myself in a different mindset to where, um, I wanted to appreciate just the being there as opposed to like having to kill something. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be just about the kill. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, as, as deer hunters, I think we all, well, hunters in general, not just deer hunters, we get caught up in, in hunting just for the kill instead of appreciating um everything around you you know and Mm -hmm. and i mean it's just like there's to me there's nothing more beautiful than sitting in a tree stand and watching the woods come alive and the sunrise and just you know just sitting back and appreciating what our creator created you know what i mean absolutely that's Uh, uh i know i I got really deep really quick right there but (laughs) That, that <laughs> I mean, a, you ran off. You went off the deep end. Well, you know, I, I just uh, and and I, I think what kind of inspired it was uh, Nathan Killen talked about it in one of one of their podcasts or one of the ones I listened to him with, and uh, it, it 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 put me in a different mindset, you know, because yeah. I had been pressing, I had been making deer season about oh I've got to kill a buck just so I can you know kind yeah. of validate myself, yeah. you know what I mean, right. and it's really in my heart it's about so much more and i wanted to i i focused on getting back to that and even though i didn't kill anything in the last three weeks i appreciated it so much more than i would have you know if i hadn't kind of reinvigorated that mindset i think a lot of times uh, some of those we do put a lot of those pressures on ourselves um especially if you know, and I think your pressures you're feeling a lot of this year were, you know, you were hunting a couple good deer. Yeah. And I think more of your pressure or more, more of your, what you're talking about there may have came from time is winding down to have an opportunity at one of those deer. Yeah. That, that really was the, the bulk of it is yeah. like, I'm running out of time to try to catch one of these deer and i i knew that but it, at the same time 
Like I didn't want the rest of my hunting season to just be, I, I didn't want to forget the importance of why I'm there. Right. You know what I mean? And that, that's kind of what I, what I fell back to, uh, their late season. Um, just to try to kind of, and I, and I felt like maybe if I got myself in a better headspace, then I would, you know, you, your potential for success is a lot better. I feel like because you're you're not just pressing and stressing and aggravated that you're not seeing anything all the time. It's like, you know, whether I kill anything or not, I'm going to have a great day, you know. And uh, turns makes, out I did. Makes it easier to stay in the woods. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, you you just enjoy it so much more, you know, when when you can enjoy your surroundings as opposed to just enjoying shooting a deer. And don't get me wrong, I love to shoot a deer as much as any man in the world, or a turkey, or a squirrel for that matter. But it's there's there's so much more to it, and uh, I was I was happy with myself that I got back into that mindset later on in the year. That makes the, I mean that makes it a successful season. Oh yeah. For sure. And that's, I, I mean, coming from a guy that only killed a two-year-old doe, you know, I had a successful season. And for me to be able to say that, it, it, it's just, you know, I, I, I wish that all hunters and outdoorsmen, whether you're an angler, hunter, whatever, that you could, you could get, it, it makes it so much more enjoyable to get into that yeah. headspace. I think we all get in and out of it at times too. Oh yeah. Um especially um I tell you I get to a place whenever um you start knowing that deer get hitting the ground and the rut's going on and you're just not seeing anything. Yeah. You second guess yourself a lot. I, yeah. I, I do anyways. Yeah, I do a lot. And I get stubborn too, though. Like, I've got certain spots that I really like, and I've had some success in. Yeah. That I'm like, I know that deer's going to come by here, and in reality, I know that he's moved a ridge over because I haven't got a picture of him in two weeks. Yeah. But I'm so stubborn that I just sit right there, and that, <clears throat> you know, too. I think my equipment changes that I made later in the year are going to help me with that going forward. Um, those of you that don't keep up with our Instagram, I I bought a saddle setup, uh, mostly Christmas present type stuff. Uh, but I've got completely set up with a saddle. I've actually got two saddles, and so <clears throat> other than my mobile tree stand, I've got that option now to where I'm lightweight enough that if and and most of the times I'm only like three sticks high, you know, so I can I can be down a tree and minutes i never thought i'd ever hear you say it yeah well i mean i was uh i didn't measure it but the last the last day i hunted the last day of season i was probably the base of my um platform was probably like 18 foot yeah with three sticks but i, I mean i was stretched out there my sticks yeah. were stretched out but and i was in a tree about as big around as my thigh like, yeah like i'm talking like what is that 10 12 inches yeah about a bigger look uh, between the volleyball and basketball size tree yeah. it was a tiny tree something i never ever thought i would climb right yeah and 
hung in there pretty tight. Oh, it was it was great. It was probably the best tree I hung in all year. And that's with your saddle? <laughs> yeah. Because, see, I had a tree. When I walked up the ridge, I stood there and looked, and I picked a tree out. I went to the tree, and it was it was quite a bit bigger, like probably not double basketball size, but double volleyball size, we'll say. Mm. Probably, what, 24 inches around, two foot around or so. Yeah. And when I got to the base of it, I was I just looked at it and I was like, man, this is I think this is too big. And I looked immediately to my right, probably ten yards, and there was that smaller tree. And just the way it was set up and the cover around it, I thought, that's my tree. I've got to I've got to climb that tree. So I kind mm-hmm. of forced myself into it, and it, uh, I, like I said, it turned out to be probably the best tree i hung in all year just especially with the saddle the way you could work around the tree i had i, I get in this bad habit of wanting to sit in really big trees even in a tree stand and then that saddle you've about got a it, it was i don't say you've about got to it's much easier at least for me to set up in that smaller tree because i can work all the way around it and shoot off the back side of it i don't have to turn around on my platform well i'm excited to see you get to use that more next year yeah and it's you know there's a learning curve to it um uh, but it, uh, and it's, I'm, I don't want to portray myself as one of those, like, oh, saddle's the only way to go, whatever, whatever. Like, it's another tool in my toolbox. You know, I'm still going to sit in my lone wolf. I'm still going to sit in my pre-hung sets mm-hmm. that I've got all over the mountains. I'm still going to hang and move pre-hung sets. You know, that's not going to change for me. But when I know during the rut that I need to be mobile and I need to hop from ridge to ridge sometimes, that saddle's going to be in my bag, and that's where I'm going to be hanging in. Yeah, I mean, and it's going to be a lot easier to. It's, it seems like it'd be easier to fool with too. Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's not such a daunting task as moving sticks and stand, especially. Yeah. Um, the the lone wolf with the sticks made it quite a bit nicer and easier, but still, it presented its own challenges. Yeah. You was, know, was that the double? Double sticks. Yeah, double stick yeah I got the fourteen inch double sticks, and uh, the lone wolf I had was the. Uh, it's an older model, not the alpha, the assault. The okay. It's so a lone wolf assault. One of the originals. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, well, kind not, of original. Uh, well. <clears throat> I, I didn't really realize until I dealt, like dove into it how far back lone wolf oh, went. Oh yeah, they're you way know. back. I've seen and some black Cody, yeah, Cody posts some stuff on online or on Instagram sometimes about like the history and the older older models. Yeah. Like did you see that one the other day he posted that had the plywood base on it? <laughs> that's uh that's taking it back. Yeah, that, that was But uh I think all in all it was a good season. <clears throat> it um I will tell you that I did see a lot of turkeys this fall made me excited for spring yeah um i do did you know. hear any goblin in the fall i i don't know i know you did yeah i heard two different times in two different places yeah. once during uh it was i can't remember if it was opening day rifle season or early muzzleloading season i heard some goblin and then uh later in rifle season maybe like the last thursday or friday rifle season one morning when it was cold you texted heck yeah dude that morning there was like three birds firing off down below me and i was getting jittery like like i want to call back and go to them (laughs) i I actually hooted one time just just out of like pure excitement and habit and dad's like what in the heck are you doing i'm like man this fired me up oh man 
But uh, I I know that uh one of the bucks, the main buck I was hunting this year, he lived. Um, he still had his horns a week ago. I tell you a funny story. Um, well, I can't tell you a funny story. I can tell you. I can tell. You, I can tell you a funny story later. <laughs> We're, we're, not podcast appropriate huh? it's appropriate it's just like oh you know i don't want to talk too much information too much information yeah it's all right but uh i'm hoping that he drops his sheds pretty soon i have a pretty good idea of where he's he's staying at now i'm probably yeah. finding him i got a spot that I, I really want to go check for some sheds that there was uh at least two shooters using in and out of a big clear cut that's on private but i was hunting public adjacent to it and I, there's maybe, you know, four or five trails up the side of the hill that they're coming out of that clear cut. And I feel like that those bucks were using one of those trails. And I'd like to check those, yeah. you know, just to see if I could find. You know, I can't go over into the clear cut. Naturally, it's private. But and maybe I'd be lucky enough that they dropped them out on the public, you know. Right. Well, it looks like your dad picked up a good one today. Yeah, that was a good one. That And that deer, you know... We kind of didn't know for sure if it was still alive or dead. Kind of, we hadn't yeah. seen it. He hadn't seen it in a while, so it was good to know that. We'll he get made a picture of that later. Might throw that up. Oh yeah. Um, so wrapped up season. I didn't hunt any more. I don't think I hunted any late muzzleloader. Really? I don't think I hunted any. Wow. Um, I I did do. Um, I was out in the woods some, but I don't think uh, we've had so much going on. Yeah. And. uh it is a busy time of year, you know, yeah. between Thanksgiving and Christmas is a busy time. Yeah. The wife always wants to go Christmas shopping at least one day. You kind of got to, you know, I've been, I've spent two months out of the house. I've, I feel obliged to go Christmas shopping with her one day, <laughs> yeah. you know. I was, uh, was going to go back when you was talking about, um, about the feeling a sort of pressure, I guess you said, about, mm-hmm. and and being able to control that is is good and i was i was reading um was reading an article there not too long ago about a guy it's out on eastern shore Mm -hmm. i think it was eastern shore somewhere out near richmond yeah and he had he had actually posted a couple pictures of some pretty nice bucks Uh on star city whitetails page on facebook which is a great page yeah it's ran very well. Yeah, I'd like to meet that guy. Yeah. If if you're listening, what's his name? I can't remember his well, name. They Greg? do like a get together or something. And yeah, they have a thing. We need to go to that one year because yeah. he, he seems like a really good guy. Uh, the guy, anyway, the guy posted the pictures of the bucks. You talking about the Hollywood buck killer? The, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Hollywood, Hollywood cemetery. cemetery that's that's turned into a big thing. Yeah, big yeah. thing. So, and there was, I think he had another one he killed that was... There was three. Was there three? Yeah, I actually watched a YouTube video on that yesterday. Well, not yesterday. Monday or Tuesday. Makes you think that if he's... I mean, the only reason I can see you do that is just kind of just for ego stuff, man. That has to be what it is. I mean, and to go right along with that, the uh, Bear Grease's most recent two podcasts... Yeah. Not counting the render in between. I'm not listening. Um, what was the guy's name? Oh, man. I can't remember his name. He was out of Ohio. He worked on an Army base, and there was a, a buck that they had 
they hunt. You could hunt certain areas as army base, but there were certain areas you couldn't hunt. And he worked there. He actually ran an archery shop on the base, and um, he was like twenty two or twenty three years old. And uh, <clears throat> this deer, they they kind of been watching it, and it was it had it had blown up this year, like over two hundred inches, huge deer. And uh, Clay actually posted a picture of it on his Instagram. But anyway, he uh, he shot it illegally, just just out of pure chance like he's coming home from work kind of thing and it's in this field and he said his first thought was like i can kill that deer right there and so he anyways story goes he he ends up killing it and it the news travels unbelievably fast that he kills this deer you know that was that was pre-facebook it was like 2009 yeah so it's not pre-facebook but it's it's before everybody was wanting to post every single thing you know but um Social media wasn't involved at all. Just word of mouth got around that that he had killed this giant buck, and then later on, when it comes out that he got caught, he said it was the most shameful thing he's ever done. You know, and had to go back and face all these people, knowing that you know he mm. he had portrayed this as like he killed it right. You know, uh, I think the guilt kind of ate him alive. But I'm sure <clears throat> it's got to have something to do with it, though. I mean, and again, the the Hollywood. But cemetery buck. Yeah. <clears throat> um, if you watch those seek one outdoor guys, I mean, they go hunt city places. Oh yeah. Hey, that's fine. That's urban cool. archery hunting is like a big thing. Be, cool. Do that. Wear it out. If you've got permission and it's legal. Right. You know. Right. But uh, I'm I'm pretty sure from what I've read and heard on this one is, and if I'm not correct, I apologize. That I, I'm about certain that the reports where he he shot it in a, a light spot <clears throat> spotlighted or. Hit and shot Maybe, it in the I don't know, yeah. Um, and and right right in the cemetery or near it or something. Oh, really? See, he claimed it was like two counties away. Yeah. Like, the claims he made were completely outrageous, yeah. especially when there's so much. I, 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 I think the deer was, uh, <clears throat> uh, there were so many um, photographers up there that came through. And yes. Said, We've been taking, there was hundreds of pictures We've of been it. taking pictures of this deer for for years yes. and, and and then all of a sudden this guy's saying he killed it and he was like a the the video i watched the other day he was a offspring of another giant buck that died n- naturally right there in hollywood cemetery you know and so yeah. it's like a family of giant bucks that people in the city have been watching for years and years and this guy poaches it how in the world do you think you're going to away with that especially if you're putting it out there on social media yeah, like, yeah, but I, it's crazy. <coughs> you well, know it worked out for it in the end it worked out for the best so he got yeah. caught yeah, um, I will tell you too, though. Man, I would be sitting around there with some binoculars watching that thing drop its sheds. <laughs> I mean, I would have been. You know, yeah. I mean, it's a cemetery. It's kind of like public. It's not really public, but like you know. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to know what the what the law is on that. But I'm sure people were just. You know, they've probably picked up their sheds before. Yeah, I guarantee it. Uh, but if you if you haven't heard about this deer, you need to go look it up because. The pictures of the deer in the cemetery and what what a unique rack it had mm-hmm. made it obvious it was the same deer. And you know <clears throat> that that kind of reminds me now. There was a deer killed over in Letcher County. Did you see it? Yes, the pie the, ball, the pie ball buck. big buck. Yeah, that was poached on on you know another man's property. Um, and then that giant deer killed in Ohio this year. I don't know if you saw it or not. It was an absolute monster. And they it come out. It was poached. Oh my god! You know, and I just I, 
that's not why I do it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's not why. I, and and again, I love killing big bucks more than I'd, I'd rather hunt than eat. And most of the time I do from October to December. But um, I couldn't live with myself knowing that I had killed an animal of that magnitude with that kind of, you know, like if I ever kill 200 inch deer, I want to do it right so that I can really feel proud of myself. How do you feel proud of yourself if you go shoot it, you know, behind a spotlight or what, you know, on somebody else's property or whatever, you know, if you poach a deer, how, how can you really be that proud of it? I guess that's just the way I look at it, but you know, yeah. Anyhow, I think a lot of that, you know, that's why I think you're, you're, you, what you're talking about is different from what, whatever that guy's doing. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, as far as pressure goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And mine's mine really is a completely internal pressure. Like, no, we don't have a single follower on Instagram that thinks less of me because I didn't kill right. a buck this year. Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and then that's that again too. You know, that ain't. You know, we we I myself and I think I can speak for you too. We enjoy hunting and taking pictures and stuff regardless if we shoot something yeah i mean, I mean I we're let, still going to run this we like posting the pictures and, and interacting with other hunters um the picture taken as part of it's probably become one of the, my favorite things yeah and getting those around, cool little videos yeah, little b-roll videos. type stuff I, I like that sort of stuff yeah and, and and that's not if we're out there not killing deer it's not like oh, crap we've got to kill some deer to post as when you get like that, I think you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. And if you, you know, if, if you think back, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on a podcast, but when we originally set forth to do this, we talked together like we're going to be out there hunting anyways. We're going to hunt together. Yeah, why not? And we're going to hunt anyway. So why not video it? Why not? It, it adds you an know, extra element to yeah. it. Yeah. It's exciting. And uh, the, the, um, and and it, what I look look at it now is the memories you capture, and one that I've probably just this last spring, whenever videoed Tyler's first turkey hunt, yeah, man, or first turkey that he killed, right, that was awesome, yeah, man, and if, and if I hadn't had that video, uh, you know, um, it would have been, I mean, it's still awesome day. It's a great awesome story home. to tell. But the video just yeah. When you show that video, I mean, you can't play out a more perfect, exciting adrenaline rush type of turkey hunt. And right. You sh- you look at the video and it just like unfolds right in front of you. Right. you watch it over and over. And again. like for me, in that particular situation, like I wasn't able to be there that morning. You know, I wasn't oh, with yeah. you, but I still got to enjoy it with you because mm-hmm. you had the video. You know, and you called me right after and all that. It okay. it was it, it, it that was a special moment yeah. for sure. But yeah, shout out uh, to old Varn. He's uh he's still he's at work tonight. He could, <laughs> they're working him in the dirt. God love yeah. his heart. But uh, I know he's fired up for spring. Oh yeah, I know he's probably fired up for the first day of next bow season too. So. <laughs> I bet he don't pass on no more days. There will be a not a day or <laughs> Oh man! I don't yeah. know if we told that, but he went. I took him first opening day and put him in a stand that is that I've had hanging there for years, and he let at least two or three does walk by him early yeah. in the day, like before lunch, and then he let a small six walk by him 
about two o'clock that day trying to get him his first deer and he was you know he didn't want to kill a small buck and i'm like tyler man you know that's bigger than the first buck i killed <laughs> yeah you know i, hey, you know, I let he, her eat he's probably gonna shoot a, a he, stud uh, one of these days i think he regretted that a little bit but yeah but he's uh man he's really taking an interest into it he has he's uh and i think he kind of kicked himself towards the end of the year because he hadn't hunted as many days as he really wanted to you know but that's just life you know yeah. life kind of gets in the way unless oh, yeah. i i sometimes i let hunting get in the way of life you know I'm, I, that's another thing that i thought about a yeah, lot we do that um and you know sometimes there's things that should be taken care of at home that don't get to but you know like we say if starbucks is only open three months a year i bet our wives would go every day you know <laughs> yeah, absolutely oh man the um so since season's been over um also reminder to everybody because i've done this before make sure you've unloaded your muzzle loaders oh heck no i let mine sit all year do you really i do do you really yes i really do you're serious and every year every year this is no joke for the last at least five years probably longer than that when i go side to shoot my first shot that year it's the powder and bullet from the year before and i've never shot it and not been dead on really never once wow and i'm really particular about keeping it dry like if i'm yeah. hunting in the rain or whatever i'll put a balloon over my barrel and all that but i've never once to my recollection shot that gun for the first time the following fall and it not been dead on see i've had bad i had a bad experience one year mm -hmm. and left it loaded and then it corrupt the the powder corroded my breech plug Ooh. i had to drill out the center no of kidding my, wow yeah you couldn't you couldn't clean the, the See, uh, now <clears throat> if you've got a blue barrel and a blue breech you've got to unload it there's no getting around it it's yeah. got to be unloaded because that it will corrode a blue barrel just or, yeah. or bare steel but I'm lucky enough to have stainless everything, yeah, so stainless. it. Uh, I don't. I've never had a problem with it. Yeah. Well. But I'm glad you brought in general, that up. In general, yes, you should <laughs> unload your muzzle. Man, I take it. Uh, no joke. I unload it and I take my breech plug out, clean it all, clean everything really good, and mm -hmm. I leave my breech plug out of my gun all year. I'd lose it. I put it in a. I got a box of muzzleloading stuff. I would lose it. There's no question. <laughs> I would never find it again. Last year, I put it in a ziploc bag. And I mean, zip. you've you've seen my hunting room. My goodness, it, yeah, it is an absolute mess. disaster right now. It's a mess. It but, looks like what it puts me in the mind of is like, uh, you ever been in like a tree or a, a an emergency room when they have like a bad car wreck come in and they're having to like save people's I, lives and there's just like it's just like a complete disaster once the they get the patient out of the ER. That's what my hunting room looks like. That's an interesting way of putting it. Well, that's what it, I was going to say, like an ice spy book. Look maybe like that a, too. Look like a picture yeah, of an ice spy But book. I mean, it's more like there was urgency going on. You know? oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess that's why it puts me in that kind of mind because I was like, especially there, I guess from late rifle to the end of the season, there was an urgency there that just, you know, everything else got put on the back burner for a little while. Oh, yeah. Well, you can see kind of down here too. This room kind of doubles as a hunting room and a little bit of everything else, but uh, I had rifles and cases everywhere, like two or three rifles down here in cases, my yeah. muzzleloader in a case. It took me forever to get everything kind of cleaned up and put away. <laughs> I, and, I ain't touched it. 
Yeah. But I still looks well, like I, it did I last just night. now got my late like my late season clothes washed and dried and, and putting a tote over. Yeah, I got I got to get I got it sitting on top of my tote to wash. Uh, but it's just a few things. It's, it's only yeah, you know the stuff I wore the last few weeks of season is all I've got to wash. The uh, <clears throat> I, it's just I tell you another thing. It's hard to believe that January's already over. It's February. It's amazing, and, and we're just a little over two months away from chasing them gobblers mm-hmm. gosh almighty son yeah. I'm so, I, I was scrolling through tiktok the other day maybe today and one of those spring legion or somebody posted one just like just gobblers gobbling and i'm telling you i yeah. was like shaking excited yeah man absolutely it pumped up yep. it gets me pumped up there's there's it just my opinion and i love i love deer hunting and elk hunting but there may not be no better rush than that fired up Tom that's just screaming his head off. I mean, a, a, a bugle and bull is the same way, I, but I have we haven't really experienced it in the same way yet. Not yet. But it'll happen one day. Oh, it'll there. happen. But that man, that fired up Tom coming into you, and he's gobbling every breath, and you can hear, you can feel that in your chest. It just that's it for me. I'm telling you, that's it. It'll it'll be here before we know. We got some. Uh, <clears throat> I tell you, I'm excited this year, too, because I know we've got two youth hunts lined up that we're going to go on youth weekend. Of course, Hadley's wanting to go, and then uh, Tucker's wanting to go. Yeah. Um. So we're getting them lined out on some uh, – he's wanting to shoot a 410, so we'll get him squared away there. Hadley's yeah. she's pretty decent with it. Yeah, she done good with it last year. Yeah. Um. So she's wanting to go. It's going to be a good time. Uh, I think the – first saturday and sunday is youth weekend mm-hmm. so we're gonna split take one one day and one the other and i've now if they're <clears throat> if the turkeys are still in there we're in the, and i seen some pretty good sign i was up there walking around the other day see, seen a bunch of scratching so if they're still in there mm-hmm. there's at least i know there's four or five gobblers i seen that was staying together in this fall back there Man. Them's the easy birds to get be, to, too. Be a fun spring in there. Oh, man. Now, <laughs> now on the other place, though, it was absolutely... And I know I told you, I counted... I sent you a message that one morning. It was during uh, it was during bow season. Mm-hmm. I think I said I, I seen 20-some turkeys and uh, and seven or eight of them were gobblers. Yeah. They come through in a single file line. All the, they come up the side of the ridge in a single file line. I counted them, and all the gobblers were in the back. I thought that was the funniest thing. All the hens were in the front in a single file line, and the uh, gobblers were in a string right behind them, just wow. single file line. But last spring, when I killed that one gobbler, <sighs> I killed him amongst zero hens, and five or six gobblers were in. Oh, that first one you killed, yeah. Yeah, so it's the same area, so it must yeah. just be a big old gaggle of gobblers yeah, in there. and must be. And I'm looking forward to going in there. Well, didn't you say there's a big group of Jakes in there? So yes, I mean those, was, those two-year-olds this yeah. year will have decent beards on them, you know. Yeah, there was uh, two or three Jakes, two, two for sure, three maybe. Yeah. Um, hey, I'll tell you something else. That, this is very strange. Um, just recently, and I, I thought about this just, and then for me, it may, it's probably different than for you, but um, the amount of bear pictures that I've gotten since say end of october mm-hmm. have drastic i don't think i've got one really a single bear picture not seen any bear sign i think i walk I, I, I've, been, I've been walking the uh 
the logging roads for exercise up there. Yeah. No tracks in the mud, no hmm. scat, nothing. Not wow. seeing any of that. Me and the guy at work were talking the other day, and I, I really do not think they hibernate here. I don't think it gets cold enough, but I think they probably den up. Yeah, they definitely den up. I think they den up for I a I found bit. a den uh, the last day of rifle season, actually. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was a bear. It was too big a hole to be a, like a coyote den, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty sure it was a bear den. I think they may den up for a little bit. I yeah. don't think, maybe like during that real big, big snow and cold spill yeah. we had, that's probably when they do that. Right. I just don't understand, you know, I mean, I'm sure they're moving around for food, probably yeah. trying to find food to eat. Oh, yeah, so like later in the year, it's probably yeah. getting harder to find. But to me, that makes you think you'd see more sign. Traveling and stuff looking. Uh, I don't, I'm not disappointed. No, not don't at all. Don't get me wrong there. I'm not disappointed at all, but... It's just weird to know the numbers that we have. I just yeah. thought it was strange not, not seeing them show I up. I, don't, I didn't get a lot of pictures all year of bears. Really? Yeah, just occasionally I would get one or two here or there, you know. Boy, Dean did. Yeah, he had he, some trouble with them. Yeah, he. I know my neighbor, Junior, there, he was having trouble with them for a while. They were eating the antennas off all his cameras. He said he bought eight. He had to buy eight oh new antennas goodness. this year. You know, speaking of that, we've got a, we've still got a trail camera way up on National Forest probably are trying to make a trip up and go get yeah if it's still hanging they don't up. have a card or nothing in it <laughs> no. oops uh, I kinda that's kind of commonplace up there though it seems like you get a lot of cameras that end up without any daggone cards in them yeah hmm. but the bears must have opposable thumbs up there. i'm telling you <laughs> Frust- the, uh, that's yeah. a frustrating I've got- part you talk about wanting to and we won't go down this rabbit hole but you talk about wanting to get discouraged from hunting in areas hang you some cameras up and go check them and if the dag get up there and the daggone thing sd cards are missing out of every one of them yeah but and anyway off. i digress yeah i've got i think i've got three cameras out that still have uh um battery and they're still working yeah. i got one that's two that the batteries are dead in that i need to go pick up uh, I really need to pick the ones up that are still running too and kind of get them ready for some turkey spots that I've got. But <clears throat> I, I actually, well, you know, through uh, Christmas and my birthday, I have drastically upgraded my camera game. If Will don't have stock in Spy Point, he needs it. Yeah, I think I've got I've got 15 or 16 cameras now, and I am pumped. I'll have, if if you're moving around, in the areas I hunt in, I'll know it. I will know it. So. That uh, my, I will say that that Moultrie I ran this year, the batteries on one set of uh, lithium batteries mm-hmm. all season. They just died when we got that big snow. Is it one of the Moultries with sixteen batteries in it? I, I think so. I bought one. I forget the model. I got it at Real King. Yeah, and they run it on a real good sale and i went and bought one and it's got 16 batteries in it i'm pretty sure it's, it's like a brick to carry around but i think that's what i'm gonna take to ohio and hang yeah. when we go to spring i'll tell you what you do though when you buy them lithium batteries is don't tell your wife where they're at <laughs> especially when she's looking for christmas light batteries yeah, yeah. so mm. if she you know if you're wondering why your christmas lights are staying on longer right that's why she's using her batteries yeah don't don't leave them Oof. out yeah, but so wanted to get into something real quick. You brought up um, this Long Hunters book. Yeah, 
So <clears throat> tell Zach, us about that. Zach hasn't started it yet, so I'm not going to give away a whole big lot. But I got a, there was a few things that I've listened. It, it's an only an audio book, which that's right up my alley. I'm I'm not a big reader, but I will. I've got an hour and ten minute drive to work every day, so I I listen to a lot of podcasts and a lot of a lot of books on tape or audio books. So I started it last Friday on my way home and finished it today and um anyway the the what struck me early on in the book is how many references were made by these two very famous instagrammers and deer just hunters in general and Stephen Ranella and Clay Newcomb about our area like I I, I guess I kind of knew that you know settlers had came from the east coast and that just naturally they had to travel through our area to get through the Cumberland Gap, which is just, what, an hour from here and on into Kentucky, um, which is where they, you know, that was like their mecca to, for the long hunters to start out. But <clears throat> anyway, he talked about um, the, if, if you're familiar with the area, there's a Wallens Creek and a Wallens Ridge in Lee County and runs into Wise County. And uh, he talked about, I can't remember the guy's first name, but there was a Wallen that that came from uh, somewhere, you know, Pennsylvania, Eastern Virginia, came west through our area and had, you know, set up a camp or whatever, and and it became Wallens Ridge and Wallens Creek, you know, and I thought that was pretty cool. And he talks about there was a there was a Martin um joseph martin i think was his name and he was one of the first people the first europeans through our area and it talks about him coming through the powell valley and on in through the cumberland gap and then they also made reference to uh dr thomas walker which was one of the first maybe the first european that ever crossed through cumberland gap and then of course daniel boone uh you know probably the most famous long hunter and and western expansion pioneer um did a lot of hunting and a lot of traveling through our area and so it was it was really cool to me that the the history of hunting our little local area here which we never i I, you know growing up you never learned it in history class but there's such a deep rich history going all the way back to the early 1700s of hunting bear and deer and even elk and bison here in our area you know i I just it i don't know it kind of i actually rewound a couple spots just to listen to them again because we're talking about right here you know what i mean yeah i've always that local history part of it's always interested me and i've not listened to it yet but i'm getting ready to download it and uh when i read um Boone by Morgan and it talked about a lot of that stuff. I mm-hmm. thought the same thing. I thought that's crazy. Yeah. Mentions all these areas and we don't really think about it that much. Right. And even over into like Pike County, um and southern Ohio, southern West Virginia, areas that I am familiar with that are that are relatively local to us. You know, they make a lot of references in that in that book about those areas and on what into 
you know, from from like central Kentucky back towards our area was was like the earliest of long hunting expeditions. And I've you know we've I've lived here my whole life. Well, we both have, mm-hmm. you know. And I've spent a lot of time over there. I, I I went to grad school in Richmond, Kentucky, which is right outside of Lexington, and hunted really in that the area along um, what was that river? Part part of it was across the along the Cumberland and Green Rivers. I've hunted in the same areas, you know. And it was it was just fascinating to me to think like I've hunted at least relatively the same areas as all these you know famous old hunters daniel boone um metzger the just the you know and you, you get into the you, you start thinking about too another thing i kind of thought about and i, I don't want to get to rambling but like <clears throat> the times the, the hunting that, that they did and the struggle they went through facing constant Indian attacks or the threat of Indian attacks mm-hmm. and the, you know, just surviving and how tough those dudes had to be knowing that, you know, they're hunting from like early, sometime in June, I won't say early or late June, some generally sometime in June to around April, they're going out on these long hunts, which is a long daggone time. After you spend two weeks in Colorado and then you think about, the relative oh, amount yeah. of time that they were out there, it's like yeah. holy mackerel. Yeah, yeah, too. Um, and Boone, you know, I read in a, in his book and Morgan's book that you know he was gone for years at some time. There was a two, yeah, he had a two year long hunt there. Yeah, two year, and and when he came back is when. And it was it was uh, according according to this book, it was more out of necessity. And I, I'm sure Robert Morgan talks about it in his book too. I haven't. That's that's next on my list of, of reading. Yeah, if if that's an audio book, I bet that Joker's thirteen or fourteen. I hours. think it's sixteen hours long. Is it really? Yeah, I think so. It's a good book. Um, that's you know, I read I read the Frontiersman. Well, I listened to it on audio book. Mm-hmm. It was also like fourteen hours or something like that. It, it was a long one, but um, it talked mostly about Samuel Kenton, who wasn't necessarily a long hunter. He more fled a bad situation and ended up kind of being a pioneer who he hunted for existence but he didn't hunt for he wasn't a market hunter okay you know like like boone mm. metzger um uh, Ble- uh was it blevins or bledsoe those are those are three of your biggest you know and they hunted some together some but um those the, those parties those groups were all long hunters and market hunters um samuel kenton i don't know if you've read the frontiersman he no. he was more he left out fleeing the law more than anything and then he he became a frontiersman and a pioneer by necessity rather than choice and he hunted for subsistence and and became you know he was he was like a great shot and and he could he could escape the indians and and he you know he had he had all these backwoods skills but he learned them out of necessity not out you know boone Boone, he didn't go out there seeking it he right that's right figure it out right yeah Oh, I got you. But, uh, and, you know, I guess you can argue that, that Boone and, and those guys, they also learned it out of necessity, but it was a different necessity. They were trying to make a living to support their families by yeah. killing, you know, hundreds of deers a year. Of deer a year. <clears throat> but any, back to the two-year long hunt. So yeah. <clears throat> in the book it talks about um, 
the reason he was gone for so long is they they went out for so many months and they had like a cache of hides saved up and then got raided you know and it happened twice yeah and otherwise he would have been back home in like six or eight months you know and he ended up gone for over two years just to try to make a living there's one in there um where he tries to go back and steal his stuff back yeah and it's that's interesting well, he did he yeah. did they they stole some horses and stuff yeah. and i don't i think he got maybe some of the highs but he did get his horses back a couple of his horses back just yeah. to get back home yeah but i'm looking forward to checking that out one of the other things that i i kind of I, I guess as i was listening that that uh grabbed my attention a little bit was they they had a a small well there was a chapter about their gear right in that chapter there was a small portion about their footwear yeah and if you think about like as hunters modern hunters we stress about our boots like i probably more than anything else as much as anything else i'm i'm worried about foot comfort almost as much as anything else if i'm warm and my feet are comfortable i'm good with anything else but those guys didn't have anything no like the boots then were just boots and name only and most of the time before they even got where they were going if they left with boots on they were worn out by the time they got there yeah and they were making moccasins out of deer skins and uh ranella talks about at night they would set up like a lean-to is what they as a shelter and they would have a fire in front of the lean-to and they would always sleep with their feet towards the fire because more times than not their moccasins were wet and the only way to keep their feet from literally freezing was to sleep with them towards the fire and most times they suspect that their feet never even dried out yeah. like they spent months with cold wet feet kind of like trench foot <clears throat> can you imagine spending a month or i mean many cold, months well, in the, yeah, with cold wet feet i don't know how they made it i don't know how they I'm, did it i don't either i'm awful big on some warm toasty toes oh i mean that has run me out of a tree stand more than anything ever oh yeah is is my feet getting cold and i i can stand it for a long time it's not that i'm not a tough guy but i can stand there until my feet literally get so numb that i'm afraid i can't get down my ladder i've done that on more occasion than one yeah and i just i I still i can't i can't even fathom the idea of walking i mean the farthest we walked in a day is probably what 11 miles a couple years ago in colorado i think we did 11 or 12 in a day and these guys were walking hundreds of miles in a month's time to get to an area to hunt and they had nothing but deer skin on their feet like i mean what would they think of us now they would call us sissies (laughs) like there's no question question. in in boone's eyes we would be the biggest sissies in the world yeah you know and rightfully so right well, you know how, how could you argue with him well i think two things that <laughs> or he would uh he'd be wanting to a pair of uh some can a pair of can of oh he'd definitely be if <laughs> if he if if daniel boone was alive and hunting today he would most certainly have can tracks on his feet yeah there's no question no no question and he would have probably traded i don't know what 500 deer skins for him that's probably about what they man i, I yeah, don't I mean, know they called a buck for a reason you know <laughs> oh right yeah um i don't even know what they're worth is at this point i know um 
I'm pretty excited about this. We've got a fella doing some trapping on one of our properties mm -hmm. for beaver. Yeah. Man alive. It's, I hope they catch everyone over there. Yeah. We've got an issue that. I like to have a beaver hide hanging on the wall. They're pretty. I, I, so, I, remind me, I, I'm going to get to something, but the reason I'm wanting them to catch all these beavers so we don't have to go over there with an excavator and clear, right. clear, bust their dams and open the roads back up this year. But, uh, so we just got a, we butchered a beef cow and the guy where we butchered it at up there, he was telling us, I went back up there to pick up some more yesterday mm -hmm. and he was telling us that, um, that beaver meat is grade A delicious. Really? Said it's wonderful. He said huh. that a guy had, that he had a guy tell him too that once you eat one, you'll want another one. Really? Said it's really good. Wow. Said it's a, hey, I'd be I'd try it. I've never had any, but I'd try it. I mean, I I'll try anything once. I don't know. How, to me, it's not. I mean, maybe not anything. I I don't think like I know that predatory animals like coyotes aren't. I wouldn't try. That. They don't taste good. No, you know what I'm saying. So I wouldn't. It'd have to be an. I wouldn't willingly <laughs> want to try a coyote. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. But like a, I mean, you think what a beaver eats? It eats wood pulp. Right. It chews off trees and bark and stuff. And so, that's relatively close to an acre. And I mean, it's you know, water squirrel. Yeah. Be like a giant water squirrel. Yeah. I mean, so they can't be that bad. No, really, I wouldn't you know? think so. Uh, speaking of while we're on trees. And, and trapping and tanning and all that. So I didn't realize, you know, we talked about um, when we had our little acorn discussion on here and Clay Newcomb had a really good acorn podcast. We talked about the tannins and acres. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's tannins and wine and all that. Uh -huh. Well, apparently oak bark has a lot of tannins in it. Really? And where uh, originally when they first started trying to make leather to make clothes and products out of, the reason it got the name tanning is because they used the tannins from oak bark and that's what gave it that signature like yellow color the more you know yeah it's uh, and that was right there in that book you know they, they would soak the wood bark and make it like and into that, a pulp that's and, in the long hunters book mm -hmm, yeah. no kidding yeah it's it's a really good book i mean and it's only like it's just over six hours yeah and so it's not like i mean if you're going on a road trip it'd be great for like a road trip man casey would <clears> love it if we we're going to, uh, let's not let's not get carried away. <laughs> There's could, absolutely no way that I could get Rachel to listen to that for six hours. But you know, if you got a long drive to work like I do, yeah. I mean, it's it, it and if, if you're just just if you're interested in and in, you know you like that sort of thing, it's it's a really good book. It's, yeah, I'm going to check it out. I. I'm be honestly, if they sold a hard copy of it, I'd get it. But yeah. the, there's no hard copy. No, no, it's audio so, only. Um, which is right up my alley. You yeah. know, I, I don't I don't take the time to like sit down and actually read yeah. hard copies. And I've got some good hard copies of books uh that you know I've well it's like um a tenth legion. I've read it. Yeah. But I need to read it again. You know, it's been two or three years since I've read it. Mm -hmm. But I actually thought about buying the audio books so i could listen to <laughs> yeah. it if he if 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 colonel tom kelly reads it i'd i'd bet oh if he was narrating it holy mackerel man that'd be, be the greatest read ever yes it would be good oh uh, well uh before we're gonna wrap it up but will just uh so everybody knows he did everyone a favor 
pro tip took his dip out before he started the <laughs> podcast <laughs> i was i was advised one time before by a friend of mine like man that's a great podcast but uh i can tell every time you got a dip in when you're doing it and <laughs> so today was we're we're testing our audio i was like man i can hear that dip for sure so I, yeah, yeah which I we did we we did move we're we're we moved low we scooted over to the couch today it is quite a bit more comfortable over here i'm gonna get us a permanent rig over here for sure yeah yeah, this, this is a good I setup. think we could rig these mics to just come out of the ceiling. Come down from the ceiling. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'd feel like, uh, what's the UFC guy? Uh, Bruce Buffer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pull your mic down. <laughs> uh, but you said we you did. had a dip that was so big, it would do, it would, uh, it was a. A goat choker. A goat choker. <laughs> you never heard of that? Uh, no. <laughs> so there's your. Yeah. There's your. Uh, a big old dip. Wheels. Called a, called a goat choker. I can't I can't claim that as my own. I actually got that off a guy. Um, shoot, I cannot remember his name. I went to college with the guy. He was on the basketball team, and we always seemed to be in the weight room at the same yeah. time. And uh, he was an avid dipper like myself, and uh, that's what he called a big old dip like that's a goat choker. I yeah. put one in right as I was leaving the weight room one day. He said, God my boy, put you in a goat choker yeah. this time, didn't you? I've had the, <clears throat> the opportunity to meet a lot of inebriated college folk in my career yeah and i've heard them called fat chaz yeah a slam dunk <laughs> yeah that's a good one yeah that was yeah guy you say let me get a let me get a slam dunk real quick <laughs> so um anyway we'll uh before we get off here though a uh head over to uh comer's game calls he's got turkey calls he's making them get mm-hmm. over there good deal on those sounding great good quality stuff i got two in the other day been fooling with those and they sound awesome he's got a new lineup for this year i think the o uh is it zero three one uh i think so I oh think they're so. gray and purple yeah um get on his facebook he'll get them out to you great sounding call give you some time to practice before spring also available at beverly's gone and coburn and uh hey if you're down there go by and shoot a lift mm-hmm they are super fast and it's never too early to get ready for early muzzle loading so check out that new um that fire stick the fire stick or the uh, what's it called it's a cba muzzleloader just ask aaron he can put you right on it yeah. it's a really neat idea and i'm i never thought i'd think about getting rid of my thompson center but mm-hmm. i'm I, I would like to shoot one of those just to try it out yeah a lot of stuff down there to get you ready for turkey season coming up too they got the everybody's switching to 410s and get you a 410 he's got tubes. i was down there last week he had at least six or eight 410s sitting around a bunch yeah. of 20 guys he's got he's got a pile of shotguns down there right now so he can get you set up today um and i'm sure he can order anything you want if you yeah. want something specific like special or specific go get that bow walk over and uh they'll let you shoot it yeah shoot that lift and um man it's a shooter it's a fast shooting bow but uh we'll wrap it up you got anything else i think that's about it all right here's the turkey season there you go we'll see you guys later see you bye